Welcome back to the Charity Matters Podcast. I'm Heidi Johnson, lifelong helper, nonprofit founder, and your host. I've been interviewing the helpers for a decade with my blog, and I'm so excited to now be sharing these inspiring conversations on our podcast. Join me as we learn the challenges and stories of innovators, entrepreneurs, and modern day heroes who set out to solve the problems of humanity. Today, I'm excited to be talking to Jen Levy, the founder of the Beverly Hills Community Farm. Jen is an amazing farmer, educator, nonprofit founder, someone who is bringing farming education and a lot of impact to the city of Beverly Hills. And we're really excited to share her story and her journey of urban farming today with you. You're not gonna wanna miss it. And we're really excited to have you here today, Jen. So welcome to Charity Matters. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here and to be chatting with you. We're so excited. So I have to say, there's not a lot of nonprofits that start with the word Beverly Hills, because when we hear Beverly Hills, there's an instant image that pops into our mind and it's Rodeo Drive and it's celebrity home tours and it's all these things. And, and so talk to me about what the Beverly Hills Community Farm does and kind of how you got your name and all that good stuff. Yeah, definitely. Well, you're correct. There's definitely not a ton of nonprofits to start with the, the word Beverly Hills. And so we're, you know, hoping to change the narrative a little bit, but uh, the three co-founders, myself and two other uh, women, we grew up together in Beverly Hills um, and really, you know, are super excited to be bringing something back to the city, you know, that we grew up in we all went to school there. And so that was really part of kind of the planning when we decided to bring a farm back to Southern California or to Southern California, really making it in our hometown, right? So Beverly Hills is a small town, both uh, population-wise and geographically. So having an urban farm that could grow local food for hopefully a significant portion of the residents, the restaurants, the community was super important to us. So we can make a pretty big impact in a small space by the work we're trying to do. So our mission is really to, we are an educational urban farm um, and to cultivate health and well-being while growing local food with hands-on community involvement. So we see ourselves as way more than just a farm. The food Food is definitely one piece of it, um, but really as a space, a gathering space, an event space, uh, an education space to really provide tips and tricks and education on sustainable ways to grow food or just to be in a really beautiful green space, right? So we don't get enough of that in the Love city. That. And so the farming is a big part of what we're doing, but education is really at the core of what we're doing. And more specifically, we really are passionate about intergenerational education, right? So really including so many different members of the community to learn and grow and be able to teach other member members of the community. Uh, so we're kind of all encompassing, you know, growing local food is really in one of my passions, but equally one of my passions is education. So really we wanted to figure out a way to kind of combine all those things in the city we grew up in. I love that. Well, I also think that, um, people do forget Beverly Hills is a very small town and it's also a very philanthropic town. I mean, yep. it's an incredibly generous community. Beverly, Beverly Hills, maybe get a bad, it's a bad rap sometimes. Um, it's a very generous community and it's a very close knit community and people have lived there for generations and families know each other. And it's like any other community in the United States just happens to have a little fancier, well-known zip code, right? Cause of the yeah. TV show. But so what, when you're growing up in Beverly Hills, obviously I don't, 
I don't know for a fact, but to me, I'd like to think people were born philanthropic, but I feel like it's kind of something that you learn that's modeled that you see in your community or in your parents or in your family. So what was kind of your early, um, you know, experiences with giving back? Yeah. Great question. So yeah, definitely. I learned a lot of it from my family, right. Uh, you know, giving to different organizations that they were passionate about or kind of going to maybe events or fundraiser things with with my family, with my parents, things like that. And also, you know, definitely through kind of my religious school upbringing, right? I remember even being in kindergarten every Sunday going to Hebrew school and having to bring sadaka, like leftover change or cans for a food drive or coats or shoes or things like that. So I think both between my family and my upbringing from a, you know, giving back side, it's always been a part of what we do, right? Whether it's during the holidays, during Thanksgiving or the Jewish holidays, anything like that, it was always a part of that. And then personally, I also have always legitimately loved volunteering. I started volunteering in high school um, at both Cedars-Sinai Hospital, UCLA Hospital. I volunteered at a summer camp, uh, Camp Harmony was called at the time. And so that's always been part of kind of my journey um, to this day, you know, whether it was giving blood or giving my time or things like that. I think that volunteering is kind of the best job on the planet, right? You get to kind of pick organizations that you want to help out and there's no pressure and you just get to go support amazing people doing amazing things. And in in my later life, I, I spent a few years in Ohio and I volunteered for a water nonprofit, which led me to my first trip to Africa. So you never really know what's going to happen when you kind of put yourself in situations to learn new skills and meet new people. I wish we could shout this from the rooftops and I hope I everybody who's listening to this hears this because everybody has something to give, mm-hmm. even if it's time, even if it's an extra set of hands, eat whatever it is, a skill, a smile, whatever, an hour of your time, whatever it is. And, um, and I just think our world would be so much better if everybody had that fantastic attitude. And also I agree with you. It's kind of addicting. I mean, I, I'm, I always said to my husband, you know, I, I'm addicted. I'm addicted to philanthropy. I'm addicted to helping the helpers. It's just, it's just who we are. Right. And, and, but it does start when we're young and it, and it grows and it evolves. So let's talk about the evolution because, um, you know, when people are little and they're asking what you want to be when you grow up, nonprofit founder doesn't usually make the top of the list. (laughs) Almost never, you know, doctors (laughs) and lawyers get a lot of, you know, and firefighters, they get a lot of stuff, but nonprofit founders don't really usually make the list. So something usually happens. There's a path, there's a journey that leads you to this. You don't just say, wake up and say, I'm going to start a nonprofit because, as we're going to get to, and you know, it's very, very hard work. So what was the path that led you to this moment, to birthing this baby last year? I, I mean, know it's kind of a crazy he's only a year old, right? It it's is, a yeah. Baby. I mean, almost two, we launched January, 2020 officially, but really didn't do a lot in 2020, given, you know, the state right. of the world at the time. So right. really 2021 right. has kind of been most of our, our growing, um, I am an educator by trade. And so have always, uh, I was a classroom teacher and then I started a school garden program and got really into gardening and am, have always been pretty passionate about the environment, specifically water usage, um, and did participate in a fellowship program that led me to spend a summer in Ohio working on a farm summer camp there. And it was in Ohio that I met all these people kind of working towards uh, local food. 
and in meeting all these farmers and all these people doing pretty amazing work. And so I finished the next year of teaching here in Los Angeles. And then I moved to Ohio so I could learn how to farm. Essentially. I kind of just, I don't know what hit me, but sometime between coming back from that summer in Ohio and going back to my job teaching, just realizing that I wanted to do more, that I wasn't getting the same fulfillment of education as I thought I could from kind of combining education and farming. I just didn't know how to farm. I had never done it. I have a backyard (laughs) garden, but growing tomatoes in my backyard is very different than like providing food for a lot of people. So I quit and I moved to Ohio for a handful of years and I spent two years there really working and learning farming. And then that brought me to Colorado where I worked on a urban farm for two seasons, but knowing that I kind of always wanted to be back, not necessarily in Beverly Hills or Los Angeles, but closer to Southern California. And then trying to think about what, how I could create a space where I wanted to do all of these different things. It just didn't really exist here. So clearly the rational decision was just to start it on my own. Why not? (laughs) Um, And that's kind of what led it. You know, I never in my wildest dreams had imagined I'd be a business owner or start a nonprofit or kind of even a farmer for that matter. Um, But just life definitely took me on so many different kinds of paths that it just felt once we said it out, once I said out loud and got my co-founders involved. And like, we had these conversations. It just felt like, of course, we're going to do this. Like we have to now. Um, So yeah, but I never would have even five years ago, I I couldn't have predicted any of it. I mean, every nonprofit founder I've ever ever interviewed, and I've been interviewing them for a decade. um, No one ever saw it coming. Mm -hmm. No one ever sees it coming. It's just not something that we, when we write kind of our script in our head of what we think our life's going to be somehow nonprofit founder doesn't usually, you know, no one, every single person is like, this wasn't what I had planned for my life. I thought I was going to do this. And somehow something made me do that. And, and I just think it's fascinating that we all, um, you know, these amazing humans like yourself who serve and feed and, and clothe and educate the world didn't see it coming. They never see it coming. Right. So I I just think that's all fascinating. So, I mean, when you're launching, um, I'm a nonprofit founder as well, and I founded a nonprofit in 2003, so a little while ago. But when you're, it's, you're an entrepreneur, you're an entrepreneur, you're a business person, um, and you're relying on the kindness of others, and you're actually farming. Three, like those are all three really hard things, and you're putting them all into one, right? Yeah. So there has to be some challenges with that. Um, starting any business, nonprofit or not, is challenging. There's no. There's no business, there's no entrepreneur you could interview, nonprofit founder or not, that would say, oh, yeah, I just whipped that together. I mean, this just doesn't work that way. No. So talk to me about some of the challenges. And obviously, launching in January 2020, three months before a worldwide pandemic, I'm just going to take a guess as maybe one of them, but you know, I don't want to put words in your mouth. So I appreciate that. <laughs> um, well, even pre when we decided to launch, I think all of it really has been equally challenging and exciting. Something's not as exciting as others, but really the, the passion is there from all of us. And then getting to kind of share our ideas before we decided to launch with, you know, inner circle, family, friends, things like that. The desire for what we were trying to do, we only got really positive feedback. So going into January, 2020, (laughs) we were pumped. Like we were just like, let's do this. We're going to do it. Honeymoon, honeymoon phase. It's honeymoon. (laughs) Exactly. So then we were like, okay, we're going to like start a business. This is happening. Like there's a need for 
it, we can make such a big impact, you know, on so many different levels. Um, and then COVID happened, right? So we kind <laughs> yeah. of just stopped literally. I mean, as everyone did in, in many situations, we just right. stopped and spent, you know, those first few months, um, working on our 501c3 application for the IRS. Right. So we got that in, in June and had heard that like, maybe things were moving a little faster because of COVID that did not turn out to be the case. So it took us till we didn't even get our, we didn't get accepted from the IRS till 2021. I mean, they back, you know, tracked it for when wow. we applied, but it took a very wow. long time. So there were like lots of things we thought that was going to go smoothly. It did not. I mean, it went smoothly. It just took a long time. So then we worked with an amazing fiscal sponsor so we could at least start fundraising and kind of get up and running. And that was a whole set of different, like things we had to learn, right? Like which fiscal sponsor, who's doing what, like, you know, all of those pieces. And then finally, really just January or December of 2020, when things were not great, but had, there was definitely a change in kind of the world, you know, COVID wise, we were reading so much about for months, how organizations weren't getting fresh produce and they were lacking all these, you know, nutritional foods. And we just were like, we have to start, like, we can't wait. Like there's such a need right now. And so January, 2021, we opened in a commercial space in Beverly Hills with uh, 15 hydroponic towers. So since January, we've been growing food and donating to three main partner organizations. And that has been like the biggest joy for everybody because we've just been allowed to, use this beautiful space and we get foot traffic and people are there and they get to see what we're doing. And I get to teach every day, you know, people who come in and want to hear about hydroponics, but more than that, you know, we've donated almost 150 pounds of, of lettuce and herbs, which, you know, lettuce doesn't weigh that much. So it's actually volume wise, a lot of lettuce and we've impacted, you know, over 600 people. And we really have formed these relationships with some really amazing partners who we've been able to support during this crazy time. So it's kind of been like a lifesaver. So explain hydroponics. I I have a visual in my uh, my mind that I'm thinking it's like water, tower, something watering, but can you yeah. give me like you've got a it? Clearer, I mean, you have the basics. So what a little we're using clearer visual of yes, how you're there's doing a few this. different ways to do hydroponics. So there's a lot of different ways to do it. We are using vertical hydroponic towers. So in these towers, essentially, there is a reservoir at the bottom where the water stays and the nutrients go, and there's a pump that essentially pumps the water to the top. And then it kind of rains down onto the root systems of plants. And so it's like this self-contained tower. They're only about three feet wide by six feet tall. And ours grow 28 plants. Um, and it's all kind of using very, we, since we're inside in a commercial space, we, um, have led lights, but you can have them outside, but it's allowed us to grow and donate this whole calendar year, which has been amazing. Wow. That's so cool. That is, that is awesome. Yeah. And there's I mean, no soil. So it ta- it's a little bit of a different system. We, there's no soil oh. in it. So the plants actually sit in a, in something called rock wool, which is spun volcanic rock and the roots can permeate through the, wa- the rock wool and they stay very, uh, moist essentially. So they, they get all the nutrition from the base where we add the water. And then right. every time they get water, they kind of collect all of the nutrition. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, you people don't get into nonprofit work to make money. This isn't really like the calling. It isn't why right. we do what we do every day. Right. But but I feel like um 
I think we do this for other reasons and we get, we kind of get other paydays. We get paid in different ways. There's moments of like joy and, and moments where we see in some small way that we had a cog in a bigger wheel, that we made a difference, that we did something. And so talk to me about some of those moments that you've had. I mean, it's just been a short time, but you know, you're, you're giving food to 600 people. You're taking, I mean, what, what does that look like for you when you know, like, okay, I'm on the right path. Like, yeah. I mean, there's a few moments, definitely like getting to harvest and deliver hands down is, you know, I'm actually going to deliver later this afternoon before the holiday. Right. So that piece is always so fulfilling and everyone is so beyond appreciative and, you know, so happy that we're helping. So that obviously is a huge win all the time. Um, but also the wins are kind of the education piece, right? So because we're in a storefront in Beverly Hills, we get a lot of foot traffic. So anytime someone comes in, I get to have these like very organic conversations with them about what we're doing, why we're doing it, how they can get involved or how, you know, answer all their questions. So the education piece, I feel like is pretty, uh, consistent in that regard. And then just over the past couple of months, now that things are, you know, safer and vaccines are out, I've been able to go into schools, which is really amazing. You know, as I said, um, education is kind of at the core of everything we do. So, right. um, we have a tower in one of the elementary schools locally in Beverly Hills. We actually have two towers in a, in a school in Ohio that I helped them kind of get started. And I did some zoom classes with them and helped them get their tower set up. Uh, I did a class at one of the senior living facilities within the city. We did a class with Claris health, which is kind of a women's health group, uh, in Los Angeles. So, I think all of it, uh, we had a religious school come for a field trip. I mean, the education piece I think is the, not, it's not better or, you know, than the, the produce piece, but it's equally as exciting, right? Cause it's, it's so new absolutely, and they, nobody's seen this technology before. Very few people have seen it. A lot of people have kind of heard about it or say like, oh yeah, someone told me about this, or can I do this at my house? But really showing people that they're are sustainable ways to grow food, grow delicious, healthy, like nutrient rich food. And you don't need to be outside in the hot sun. You don't need to worry about all these other things that usually people kind of are hesitant when it comes to growing their own food. Wow. That is, that is pretty awesome. So I think one of the, um, the biggest challenges and and you, you might've, you may have hit this milestone already. I mean, Impact is a word that everybody wants to know your impact. I mean, obviously you're educating so many students, you're making so much food, you're serving so many people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of hate the word in a lot of ways because you can't measure always the impact. Like if you influence a child's life and a child's like, oh my gosh, I want to do this when I'm older. Or I want to be, you know, you never know what that impact's going to be, but we're always asked as nonprofits, what's your impact? What's your return on investment? If I donate to you, what, what does that show? And, and, and why I appreciate people. And I love that we have to set goals and, and have thing milestones we want to achieve for organizations. Um, it can be a really frustrating word because we're just serving people and you're serving and farming, like, right. You're farming and serving. Like, I just think farming, I'm like, oh my God, that's just like, that's a lot of work, just farming, but farming (laughs) and serving that's like a double load. So when people ask you what your impact is, do you like to share about the education that you just shared? Do you like to share about like, what do you think you guys have done in a year? I mean, you're obviously 
you're bringing community together. You guys are doing so many things. Yeah, I think all of it. It's a great question. I think in our mind, we've barely scratched the surface, right? So yes, we've donated a lot of produce and yes, we've kind of impacted all these people and we've begun teaching, but that's just the very beginning of everything we want to do, you know? So I think our impact right now is yes, during a time where things were pretty crazy and people weren't getting access to fresh things, we could kind of be that bridge. We could help out in that regard. So that's super meaningful for us and really gave us a purpose when, you know, the world, we had, we had no idea what was happening. Right. So we were able to kind of like do what we do and provide for people, which is a huge impact, you know, for us and for them. And the education piece, yes, is amazing because that's, again, it's not just about growing local food in a sustainable way. It's about showing people how to do that and teaching them how to do it and empowering them to maybe want to do it on their own. Right. Especially younger generations, but all ages really. Um, so I think we've just barely scratched the surface. You know, I think that we're just getting started and our impact, like our long-term goals are so huge, you know, that we just, if we can inch forward a little bit every day, like we're, we're on the right path. Okay. So talk about long-term goals. So if you could dream in a dream and, and when you set out to do this, mm-hmm. were those big dreams already in place or have they evolved as you've been going, but what does that dream look like? What does that long-term goal or that dream look like? Yeah. I mean, I think definitely our vision and dream is to have a outdoor farm, educational farm in Beverly Hills. Right. So we've talked, you know, talked with some people with but dirt with Beverly Hills, real estate prices. Both, exactly. Dirt. So really as a space where we have soil right. farming to teach people about that, because there's still right. a huge need for that. And uh, you know, connection to the earth that you don't get with hydroponics, but also growing on a much bigger sp- scale hydroponically. So we're just starting a big campaign to purchase our first shipping container farm, which is a hydroponic farm built inside a refurbished shipping container. And the, wow. the impact of that just at, like from a numbers perspective is we can harvest over a thousand plants every single week. So the goal with that is to be able to provide for, to local restaurants, local grocery stores, start a CSA program, a community supported agriculture program. So residents or non-residents can purchase farm fresh produce directly from us. And we, over time, you know, would love every restaurant to have their own shipping container farm that we can help them maintain and every hospital to have one and every senior living facility, every elementary school, like keep everything in-house, right? Grow your own food without you know, a huge impact on the environment. And then you don't have to worry about where your food is coming from or what's happening to the land it's growing in. Like you can, you can grow it here without having to rely on getting your food here from a a far distance. Wow. That's amazing. And the um, the other thing I don't even even talk about with the impact is health. Yeah. I mean, the health, I mean, I know my husband's family was in the produce business. So I'm not going to get into the whole discussion <laughs> about organic farming because when when they were doing what they were doing, they were providing the seeds to the farmer and the price you yield per acre with pesticides versus non is significantly different. Right. I know it's a whole thing. So it I'm is. not I don't want to open that whole can of worms. However, mm-hmm. I have to believe that what you're doing is very healthy and pure and probably very chemical free. Yes. And and the impact on people's health and just the education to make choices about healthy choices for your food 
the ripple effect of that has got to be significant as well. Yeah, it's huge. There's no chemicals or pesticides, or I should say we use organic if we have to add maybe calcium or magnesium, depending on what we're growing, if they, you know, are lacking some, some nutrients, but right. we can do that in the water system. So it's all organic and no pesticides. Also, there's no soil, so there's no bugs, right? So we don't have to kind well, of right. have that battle, but right. specifically greens and herbs, which we grow right now, that's all we're growing because it's the biggest kind of bang for your buck. It's the turnaround is really fast. And since we're donating everything, we're trying to grow as much as we can in as little time as possible. Um, but greens, the second you harvest them, they start losing their nutrients, right? Their nutritional value. So again, our vision is like, if there's, you know, a container in the middle of Beverly Hills that in the morning we can harvest it and, you know, bike it over to a restaurant and they have it on their plate for lunch. Right. So they're not miss. There's no leeway. They're not putting it in cold storage. Right. They're not putting it in all these things. Like we're, harvesting it and you're eating it an hour later or an hour and a half later. That's pretty incredible. Right? I mean, that takes farm to table to a whole, exactly. a whole new level. Yeah. But I if mean, every, it, imagine if every city had urban farms, right. And they could do that or every restaurant or things like that, you know, like we have obviously like lofty, lofty goals, but that's why, again, part of the Beverly Hills reason is that it's so small that we could make an impact and teach other cities how to do this right? Like the, the technology is changing so much with farming and you don't have to be a nonprofit farm to do this, right? You could grow your own food and be a for-profit farm and do a lot of other things. And it's still impacting residents and the community and the earth essentially. So there's lots of methods to do it. We're we're just doing it in a, in a different way than probably most. Wow. And if you had like the community, have they like rallied around you? Are they coming and helping? Do you have volunteers? I mean, how are you, how is been the kind of the reaction to everybody because yeah. again and not saying the stigma of Beverly Hills but you think oh I'm going shopping you don't think oh I'm going to go help garden and farm and right. you know or I'm going to go to a luncheon today and support this great cause but no I'm going to go and deliver food or help like talk to me about your volunteer base and how yeah that's we do have a handful of amazing volunteers um the difference most of them don't help with the harvesting because I harvest and deliver right away. And it's usually either early in the morning or during the work day. And a lot of our volunteers also work. And so like we have a lot of evening volunteers or some weekend volunteers or things like that, but they help with seeding. You know, we do our own seeding at the farm and we do all the maintenance on the towers and all the, you know, testing of the pH and making sure there's water and all those things. So all the day-to-day stuff, we have a handful of really dedicated volunteers who come in and help us. And we're just getting our name out there. So the past two weeks, we had an info booth at the Beverly Hills Farmer's market and people, we got to talk to people and tell people about what we're doing, but most people don't know we're around because again, it was the middle of a pandemic and, you know, we were, it was hard to get, get our name out there. So we're just starting to really get our name out there and show people what we're doing and kind of show the city and the community and non-community, you know, non-city residents, uh, who we are and what we're, what we're trying to do. That's so cool. Well, I, I, and I just, I love the entrepreneurial spirit of, of all nonprofit founders, but especially when it's new and you're in the honeymoon phase and it just, there's just something so exciting about bringing some birthing, something new and bringing it into the world to help other people. I mean, it just makes you just all giddy and excited. (laughs) I'm just excited for you. I can hear the enthusiasm and I think it's fantastic. Thank you. So do you have like a, a phrase or a motto or something that kind of keeps you going that you, that you kind of live by or use anything that's kind of your go-to? No, that not really. I mean, our kind of our motto with the farm is together. We learn together, we grow. And so I kind of like repeat that to myself, you know, most days that like, 
you know, growing any movement forward is progress, right? I do say that to myself right. a lot. So it doesn't, you know, just because we're not at our kind of end goal doesn't mean we're not making progress. So every little Correct. bit counts and every uh, new step or inch or centimeter, you know, is, is one step closer to that final, final phase, right? So, and I'm just excited, really. I mean, I think that we haven't been able to start. We're like just getting started, which does feel weird because it really has been almost two years, but like a lot of that didn't count. Right. So I think that's why we are turning a corner. We're finally ready to fundraise and get our first shipping container and show people what we're capable of. And so that piece is exciting for me. You know, it it hasn't been exciting the whole time, but like right (laughs) now we're in such a good place and we're, people know about us and we're starting to like get our name out there. And I think I'm hopeful that either by the end of the year or early 2022, we can put in the down payment for the shipping container and then we'll get to start and then people will get to benefit from our produce, right? Right now our partners right. get to benefit from it, which is amazing, but no one else does because we donate right. everything, right? So we can't wait right. till people can taste it. They taste it when they come to the farm or field trips or you know tours, but we can't wait to then be able to provide for the community. That's so awesome. I think that's so exciting. Well, and I think that it's so important to celebrate every um, little step and win. So I'm really glad to hear you doing that. I don't think enough people stop. And especially in the nonprofit space, we're going so fast. We're pulled in so many directions. We wear so many hats. I mean, we're working on our programs. We're marketing. We're fundraising. We're, I mean, we we are doing a thousand things at once. Mm -hmm. We don't always stop and say like, hey, that was a good that was a win. Like we just did something there and that just moved the needle forward. And I think it's super important mm-hmm. that we celebrate all those tiny steps because they do lead us down the path forward. And, and sometimes it's, it can be hard, right? It can be hard. Yeah. So you gotta, you gotta celebrate every, Definitely. every victory, every yeah. victory yeah. is, no, is, is it a hasn't celebration. Always been, it hasn't been easy, but it's been exciting. And I think the hardest part was the than not being able to do stuff or not being able to interact with people, right? So we could donate right. food, but I wasn't meeting people. I wasn't getting to open the farm for open houses or, you know, tour tours, things like that. So now that I get to like, just keep the door open and people can walk in when they want and like have conversations, like that's the, those are the meaningful moments, right? To, to teach someone, even if it's one new thing that they learn that day, you know, that that's the piece that feels really fun that we weren't able to do up until recently. Right. Well, and community is in your name. I mean, you're the Beverly's community farm, community. And when you think about nonprofit, nonprofit is building a community. It's building, bringing people together. And so you were launching a community thing without having access to your community. Right. So now you're like, you know, you're out in the world with your community and, and that's the beauty of the work we do is bringing people together for something good, which is obviously what you are doing in really great ways, which is super cool. So there's a lot of lessons learned on this little journey yeah. and it, it might be, it might be too soon to have the perspective or the, you know, the, the foresight to look at some of the things that you've learned, but what do you think you've learned along this, this yeah. path? Um, well, it definitely started, you know, in my experience working on farms, but I think patience is really, uh, pretty key. You know, I think that everything, especially growing something, well, yeah, growing food (laughs) or starting a nonprofit equally, equally the same, everything just takes longer than you think. Right. And like having passion and being excited is great, but like, that's not gonna, there's going to be bumps in the road. So just like trusting, 
the process, um, especially because I don't know the process, right? I'm learning as I'm doing this. So just having faith and trusting the process. Um, I've learned that you do need a team around you, right? You need community. So not just the co-founders or our board or kind of our big supporters, but just you need people you can call to either, you know, ask for marketing help or social media help, or just to complain to, or just, you need people because you can't do this alone. It won't work. Um, and really like be committed to what you believe in. You know, I think that what you believe in is important enough for you to start a business. Right. And if you're that convinced in it, then other people are too, right. They might not know it yet, but (laughs) you know, having faith in like what you're trying to do, like, I know the work we're trying to do is going to help so many people in so many different ways. So like that hasn't changed. And, you know, sometimes it's harder to remind myself of that, but I do trust that what we're doing is for everyone's good. Well, and I think at the end of the day that, I mean, your passion is, is so palpable. I mean, everyone I'm sure listening can hear this. I hear it, but I think that's one of the roles of the, of the founder. I mean, is that you have the torch and your job is to light it to everybody and to spread that passion and that excitement so that they then carry it on and continue with this. So, I mean, you're, you're obviously doing that. And I think that that passion is key, but it takes a village. It's definitely not something, um, it's not work for the isolated. It's, 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 there's, I've never met a nonprofit. That's one person's like, oh yeah, I did that. And I did it alone. Uh -uh. That's just not the way this rolls. This is a team sport all day long. This is all about team, all about community, all about connection, all about working together. So do you think you've changed with any of this? Do you think anything has changed? Or you think that you're still the same gen that you were before? Or do you think that you've kind of been like, wow, I'm more patient now, or I'm more this now, or what do you think? Uh, I think I, yes, I think I've changed. One, because I like was never one to um, like be in the spotlight or like take the lead. Like I was very content, like, doing my thing and like being good at it and being successful, but like not needing like any, any like praise or kind of like public anything. Like I would have been fine never having any of that. Clearly, uh, as you are, (laughs) I can't be that person anymore. So I think that piece has changed. And as you said, I mean, obviously I'm very passionate about this and I know the work we're trying to do is good. So it doesn't, it's not as scary as I thought it would be, right? Because it's easy for me to talk about farming, like, or right. education or sustainability right, right. and all those things. So those things haven't changed, but I guess my willingness to, you know, talk about it and, and put myself out there has changed. Like that's never been part of kind of who I've been. But to your, um, your phrase about being committed to what you believe in. I mean, you're, you're walking the walk, right? You're talking the talk, you're walking your walk, you believe in this and you are spreading your mission. And that, and that, that is the, that is half of what we do. I mean, that is our job is to believe and spread our mission so that we can kind of, you know, help and support more people in this work. So I think you're off to a really great start, Jen. I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited for you. I think this is really great. And I think this is going to be a great thing for Beverly Hills too. I mean, I think this is bringing the community together in a really nice way where, you know, it used to be, um, uh, when I grew up and I'm a lot older than you ever, but when I grew up in LA, it was a very, um, it was kind of a place you go visit your grandparents. You know, it was kind of a very sweet, small 
town and you would ride your bike to get ice cream or you'd go. It was just a very small, close-knit community of very generous people. Um, sure that people had beautiful homes and addresses, but it was it was a very nice place. But there's it's people have been a little more removed lately. And I so I'm excited for you to bring that community piece, people back together. I think it's a gift. I think yeah. it's a huge gift. Thank you. But yeah, I, it's exciting. I think it's going to be fantastic. Well, obviously it is fantastic. Not going to be. It is fantastic. So tell us how we can support you. Tell us how we can get involved. Tell us where we can donate or follow your social media or visit if we're if we're traveling and Beverly Hills is a destination for us and we can stop in and do something cool on our travels. Yes. Well, right now, uh, our, well, you can follow us, all of our social, everything is linked on our website. So we have Facebook and Instagram. I believe our handle is BH community farm. So you can follow us on all of those and our website, all three of them kind of can update you on all of the things happening social media, a little bit quicker than, than our website, but all the information is on those three things. Um, and, and the website's Beverly right Hills, Beverly Hills, Hills Community, Hills Farm. Community Farm. Farm, exactly. Dot org. Okay. Dot org. Yes. <laughs> and we, right now our storefront is on Bedford drive. So between Brighton way and little Santa Monica, and we love visitors. So you can definitely come in and say, hi, uh, the best way is usually to shoot me an email, which is just Jen at Beverly Hills community farm.org. Um, because if I'm doing education or delivering produce or things like that, the farm usually isn't open because I'm the one who's there all day. So if you know, you're going to be in the city and you want to definitely come in then just give me a little heads up and I'll make sure that I can, you know, move my schedule around to be there for you. But we love visitors. And we also are just starting now that, Again, like we're allowed to having uh, little tours and events. Uh, we had a cooking class at the farm a couple weeks ago with a plant-based local chef, which was amazing. And we're really trying to, again, just bring people into our community space, right? So even though this isn't an outdoor farm yet, we are an indoor farm and we're able to, you know, host groups of 10 to 15 for little events. So if there's an event you want to have or if there's just a tour you want to bring your friends on, or you just want to learn about hydroponics and see how it works, all of those things we're, we're able to do. And we also can come to you, right? We've done some events where we bring a tower to show people what they can do and the potential of them and how they work. Uh, so we can also be pretty mobile. Um, but the technology is pretty remarkable and it's such an efficient way to grow food and it tastes delicious. So the more people who can, you know, grow their own food or learn how to do it, the better in our eyes. Well, I think this is so exciting. I loved learning about this. First of all, I love learning something new every day. Hydroponics, new word for me, new yes. vocabulary word. Really excited about that. So excited to learn about kind of the future of farming, which is amazing. And I'm just really thrilled that you're what you're giving back to the community and what you're giving to these kids and everyone in the community. I mean, what a gift, the health, the education, the produce, there's so many beautiful things coming out of this. So what a, an absolute delight. I'm really um, excited that we got to talk and I'm really excited for you and your baby, the Beverly Hills Community Farm, which I know is going to be um, running, not walking, but running before you even blink an eye. So well, congratulations you. to yes. you. It was lovely speaking with you. And yes, I'm excited for, for the journey and for now you to be a part of it. So thank it, you. You are so welcome. Thank you so much. And you have to come back in a couple of years and tell us all the fantastic things you've been doing. We can't wait to hear about it. Thank you. We will. Take care. Thanks.
Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Charity Matters Podcast. I really enjoyed talking to our guest, Jen Levy, about what it takes to start a business that truly changes people's lives. I think Jen's comment about being committed to what you believe in was so inspiring and true. To learn more about modern day heroes like Jen, or if you'd like to reach out to us, visit us at charity-matters.com or connect with us on Instagram at Charity Matters. If you enjoyed our conversation, we would love it if you shared it with your friends and family. And don't forget to leave a five-star review or subscribe on Apple Podcast. Remember that together we can make a difference. One small act of kindness at a time. Have a great one, everybody. Thank you.